This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Greetings, Tarnished, and welcome to another episode of the Elden Archives, a From Software Lorecast from the Robots Radio Rocket Club. I am AK Spartan. I'm Gatsu. This week, we have an episode on Renala, the Queen of the Full Moon. Renala is one of the shard bearers in the Lands Between, but ironically enough, does not give you a great rune in the same sense of the other shard bearers. Still an interesting fight and one of the more unique early game, I guess mid to early game fights, I would say. Katsu, what are some of the thoughts that you had on the uh, the Renala boss encounter the first time you encountered that fight? The first time I encountered it, I definitely remember being kind of creeped out a little bit by that first like c- cinematic. Yeah, I th- I thought that really stood like the first time I saw that was kind of a what one of the one of the more memorable jaw droppers for me. No, for sure. It was definitely kind of jarring just seeing a bunch of uh, for lack of better words, just crippled children crawling around. <laughs> Yeah, you're talking about the creepy. I think those. I think they're called juvenile scholars, but they're the 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 things that she spawns constantly. That the, the room is covered in. Yeah, they're terrifying. I want to say my personal theory about those is they're like clones of Ronnie, attempted and like failed clones of Ronnie. There seems to be a lot of like sadness and remorse involved in Renala's character. I think that. Whether that's Ronnie or not, I, d- I think that's an interesting theory. And I think whether that's Ronnie or not, it's clearly Renala trying to recapture something from the past. Another thing I was thinking about as we're talking about this fight, thinking back to the Rikert episode and how we talked about that being some um, essentially a gimmick fight and not really enjoying the way that gimmick presents itself in actual gameplay. I actually really like the the first stage Renala gimmick because I do think I mean I do think with the the juvenile scholars I would consider that a gimmick fight or a gimmick stage to the fight you're not really fighting a boss you're kind of fighting the room I thought that was a much more fun and hectic and sort of just engaging gimmick fight than honestly probably any of the other ones in the game not that there's that many gimmick fights but the out of the ones that are there. I I think this is probably the only one I really remember enjoying. I definitely would have to agree with you, specifically because for me, I haven't really experienced kind of a gimmick fight like that in the Souls franchise. Like it kind of stands out in its own kind of way because of the way that it's presented as like you like using those juvenile scholars, those like children that Ronaldo has created. The whole arena is very unique, and I just really like that aspect of it personally. Yeah, I I do too. the um, The fight that it actually, as you're saying, you don't you haven't really played a fight like that. I agree with that, but also as you say that, I kind of started thinking that mechanically it sets up very similar to the uh, the Witches of Hemwick fight, 
where at least the first stage for Renala and does, in my opinion, where you're trying to find you're not actually fighting what's coming after you. You're fighting, you know, you have to dodge attacks while finding this passive thing in the room. But then with the juvenile scholars in this in the Renala fight compared to the Witches of Hemlick fight from Bloodborne, you have a lot more going on in this fight. Like the Witches of Hemlick fight, the arena is smaller, but you have less going on because you have the two witches. And if I'm not mistaken, they each can summon one of those shadow creatures. And so you have four or five things running around at a time. In this Renala fight for the first stage, I mean, you have way more than that going on. I mean, you have the books, you have the chandeliers, you have all the little scholars on the ground. I mean, I think that is part of why it's so much more engaging because, like, I I think the Witches of Hemwick is a fine fight, but, like, I think it's a little, like, not boring, but like, I just feel like there's not much thrill to it. Like, I don't really ever have a problem with it. I don't find myself getting pushed by that fight. But like the first time I was dealing with this Renala fight, I actually kind of found it to be a little bit of a wall because the second stage isn't, isn't really much of a joke either. No, it's definitely not uh, much to be kind of messed around with. I'm assuming it's an example of what Renala was like near her prime. Personally, I don't think that it's an exact copy of what her peak was like, Um, but I definitely think it is uh, closer to the caliber of being in her prime for sure. Yeah, and I I think the the one thing to note there, too, that stands out is that it's not actually Renala, and it might not be what she was like in her prime even. We don't really know, but it's... It's Ronnie, uh, and, and I'm not saying that's Ronnie that you're fighting, but it's, I mean, you hear Ronnie speaking as that second stage begins. And she actually says to the player, Upon my name is Ronnie the witch, mother's rich slumber shall not be disturbed by thee. So she, she straight up tells you, hey, back off. Like, like we're not going to do this right now. Leave, leave my mother alone. As Ronnie has set up some sort of magical trap where it it establishes a version of Ranala in her glory. And like you said, I mean, she summons multiple enemies. She she casts very powerful spells. She can Comet Azuryu. And I remember before I learned just how important Vigor was in Elden Ring. That was not that was no joke. The uh, the full moon spell. I find pretty easy to deal with, but like if it catches, like if I don't see it coming and it catches me, then I'm just done. And I love the arena that it changes to because I mean, talking about things that remind us of Bloodborne, I mean, they basically just pulled from the ROM fight, no? Oh, absolutely. It's kind of, you know, matching hand and like hand to hand in like the aesthetic, kind of the vibe. And everything, the ethereal like space arena, it's kind of matching to a T in my opinion. I don't know, like we've said a few times, that if that is Renala in her prime, but I do find it very interesting to get such a stark contrast because, like, obviously, when you walk in that room, you get a very clear picture of the state Renala's in, and then halfway through the fight you get to see firsthand how far she's fallen. Like, you see how powerful she used to be, what she used to be capable of. 
after seeing her just lay sitting there, you know, holding the egg completely broken. And I don't think that's something you get to experience with many characters. No. And that's also something that I think is interesting as well is technically this isn't even you don't really actually fight Renala at all. That's just another testament to like how defeated and broken she is. Yeah, I I don't know if I should if I should say this because I feel like there's probably some storyline that I'm forgetting about or somebody would disagree with me here, but at least for out of the the characters we've talked about, I definitely the most tragic figure, I would say, it Renala seems to be because we don't know a lot about what her transgressions might be. Definitely seems like what's going on with the Albanorex is not great. A lot of things that the Academy has been up to seem, you know, probably like they haven't been on the up and up. I'm I'm sure that Renala has plenty of sins in her past in the lands between. But I, I mean, what we know as the player, all she's done is lose people, things, power. I mean, it, it's she 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 is definitely one of the more, if not the most tragic figure in, in the game, in my opinion. I would definitely agree with you. I mean, a true kind of fall from grace because in recent history for the lands between she was at one point like leading her own army. Exactly. And I mean, that's because there was a time when when America and her established power were at war and were going against these oppositions that had come up across the lands between and Renala was one of those. She she went toe to toe with the Erdtree forces, and that's actually also one of the first mentions of Radagon in the history of the Lands Between, as he was who was fighting against Renala in Liurnia during that conflict on behalf of the Golden Order. And so, you know, her her ability to establish herself as this leader and acquire all this power is a very important part of her character, but also seems to be a very big part of why all of this tragic, all of these tragic things ultimately happened to her. Because I mean, if she was not so powerful and was not standing against the earth tree in that way, I mean, none, I mean, none of this would have been what it is. I mean, every, everything that, that we know that has happened to her, that she has suffered through has happened because of her involvement with Radigan and her conflict against the golden order. I would definitely say that that moment where they had that communion and joined as one definitely kind of sparks as like the kind of catalyst for everything to go wrong in her life. Yeah, because because, I mean, we've mentioned this in some of the other episodes because she's actually the last member of the Karian royal family for us to cover. We've covered all of the children. We've covered Radigan. And now we're talking about Ranala. And by the end of the game, the only one of the Karian family that even has a relationship with Renala in any capacity, it seems to be Rani because she's still protecting her. But I mean, everybody else is either incapacitated, you know, has left her or is is changed in some way beyond recognition like Radon or Rikard. But I think that also speaks to just how much of a threat she actually was to the Golden Order and the Erd Tree power structure. Because, I mean, she seems like outside of like, because the Glomide Queen is such a question mark. 
And, and we know that the Godskins were powerful and they, Merrick, they gave America, you know, uh, that was one of America's very early threats and, and enemies that she had to de- defeat in the lands between. But outside of that, some of the stuff we hear about Lyurnia and Renala, I mean, it seems like she was very powerful and it seems like she was very good at pro- possibly diplomacy. I, I just think it's important to note that during that fight, so she can actually, she can summon wolves, she can summon a troll knight, she can summon a bloodhound knight. And she can summon a dragon. And when she summons the troll or the dragon, you can actually hear her saying, come oathsworn dragon or come oathsworn troll. So from that alone, I mean, to me, that sounds like diplomacy. The trolls are in her service sworn to her. There's dragons in her service sworn to her. And even then, she was able to see eye to eye with Radagon. And now, there are also the theories that the entire reason Radigan was there is because he is Merica, and that was the only way that Merica could get one up on Renala was by disguising herself and tricking Renala as Radigan or disguising part of herself. And again, I think even those theories just speak to how powerful Renala probably was because it seems like Merica had to go through more trouble to get Renala out of the picture than any other threat. No, I 100% agree with you. Having her kind of hold her own against Radigan, who is very powerful, is no small feat. So I would imagine Mariko was honestly probably a little worried about Renala because she alone could kind of hold her own, but then also she had all these different beings in her service you know the dragons the the trolls so she had her own army as well well and that's kind of what i mean i mean merica gathered followers through conquest and power Renala has this entire mixed bag of a military where there's dragons there's trolls there's you know factions that are uh, races and factions that aren't typically even aligned with each other sworn to her and loyal to her, you don't see that with a lot of other leaders in the lands between. Renala seems to have convinced all of these individuals. And I mean, we see similar themes in Ronnie's questline. I mean, with Ronnie, I mean, think of all the characters that Ronnie is able to inspire to follow her or work for her or that have such undying faith in her. With Renala being her mother, I would imagine that Renala had a pretty strong hand on influence. And we see that in, in her army, like you said, in her relationships. But I also wonder if that influence was on the up and up as we are making it seem. Because when I was looking through this, something that stood out to me was part of the item description for Renala's full moon, the sorcery which is one of the things you can choose to get from her remembrance. I always find the remembrance items to be of particular lore importance just because they are so directly tied to bosses who are more important characters, uh, typically from a lore standpoint. And the item description for that sorcery says, Sorcery associated with the Karian Queen uses the caster as a vessel to incarnate a full moon, then sends it floating towards foes. 
Queen Renala encountered this enchanting moon when she was young, and later it would bewitch the Academy. That kind of paints how Renala came to power in Lyurnia in a different light. I definitely see what you're saying with the point in the description where it says it would bewitch the Academy. And you're saying that possibly she used the power of this full moon to kind of convince these forces to join her side. I think that's entirely possible. I mean, just based on that that aspect of that item description alone, I, I mean, because that, that seems to be implying, well, not, not even implying, that seems to be outright stating that the moon bewitched the Academy, which is what she's in charge of. So that, to me, would imply that her rise to power in the Academy was potentially based on magical influence and not diplomatic influence. Like, it would... Like, like if this was like Baldur's Gate 3, it'd be like, it's 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 a wisdom check, not a charisma check. Like, because I also found it really odd that the Academy was always so quick to turn on her and just kind of lock her up there. But like, if she had, if she had bewitched the Academy, then as her power weakened, maybe her grasp weakened. And that's when we see her get locked up in there. You know what I mean? I've always kind of had a different viewpoint for that whole story because I personally think that when it states that the full moon bewitched the Academy, I think it merely is just stating that it was like awe-inspiring, like it was super cool and no one had seen it before. Although I do think it is possible because I never really thought about any other implications. I do think it's possible you are correct, but that's just my stance on it. But like, like Rhea Lucaria predates the Karians, and like the school was there before Renala took over. Like she pushed out people like Selin and like Lusat. Like there was a power structure before Renala got there. So that's kind of what I mean. Where it's like I, I totally see what you're saying, but I I I feel like it might just be a little generous because like I mean the academy. Like I said, they had their own power structure, and I just don't think that means that the Academy is sympathetic to her, because the Academy doesn't seem to care about her at all. Well, my point to that is, like, if they're going to, like, lock her away, be like, oh, we're done with you, if they if they want to kind of move on and and um, impose their own kind of figurehead of Ray, Ray Lucaria, why not just kill her? She's vulnerable. She can't fight, but she probably won't fight you back. I definitely see the logic there, but I also wonder if that's just, again, like potentially an underestimation of just how powerful Renala still might be. Because like, think about, just to jump back to one of the characters I just mentioned, the NPC Selen. You can help Selen. And and I I, I don't want to get too far into the Selen stuff because I, I think Selen is a very interesting character and I'd love to talk about Selen in an episode at one point. But at the end of that quest line, you replace Renala with Selen. Like, Selen takes over Rhea Lucaria with your help. But when you reload the area, Selen is transformed into one of the School of Graven Mages, which, uh, that's that's the proper term for that enemy. But for those who don't know that with exactly what I'm talking about there, it's the giant ball of, like, the wizard stone heads that you see kind of throughout the lands between. It's literally like a circular mass of the stone wizard heads. 
that apparently somehow has sentience because you can still talk to Selen after this. You can kind of talk to her, but she's like scrambled and like broken, basically begging for death. Yeah, okay, exactly. So, but my point is just like either, so either Ronnie did that or Renala did that, but like, like, so I guess to go back to, maybe it's not an underestimation of Renala, but I think perhaps the Academy isn't doing what you suggested they should do because maybe Ronnie and Renala are just that powerful. Like just because Renala is incapacitated mentally doesn't mean that whoever is left in the Academy is strong enough to remove her physically because like. None of the great masters of the Academy are there. Like, Selen's gone, Lusat's gone, Azura's gone. Like, none of the masters are there. I don't think there's anybody strong enough in Rhea Lucaria to challenge Renala, even in her current state, especially when Ronnie is looking out for her. That is true. So do you think when Selen came back to take over, do you think it was Renala herself that took care of her, or was it... uh kind of apparition of her created by Ronnie. I kind of think now that we're talking about it actively, probably Ronnie, but f- up until this conversation right now, I had, I had just assumed that it was Renala. But considering Ronnie also steps in when you fight Renala, I would assume that Ronnie stepped in and took care of Selen. And so, yeah, I would think that Ronnie would be the one that stepped in there now that we're talking about it. But I also just think that Ronnie is one of the stronger examples of like things we can gauge about Ranala because she seems to be very close to Ranala. And so like a lot of what I feel like I know about Ranala comes from either like item descriptions or the encounter with Ranala herself or like just observing Ronnie and like seeing how Ronnie handles things and how Ronnie operates because I mean, that's that's her mother. You know, Ronnie is the only one that still st- still seems to even care about Renala even a little bit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Something else that kind of always just rubbed me the wrong way, I guess, about Rhea Lucaria and Renala and just the whole vibe was the basement of the area. Because at the very bottom of Rhea Lucaria, you find what to me has always looked like a glintstone slave mine and when i say that i mean you because you get down there and it's clearly like a glintstone mine of some kind i mean there, there's glintstone coming out of the ground it's at the lowest point you take an elevator down there you know the rock is everywhere but then there's also an abductor virgin what is an abductor virgin doing in Rhea Lucaria? And actually, there's another abductor virgin right before you get to Renala. Like, the fact that there's two abductor virgins that are typically associated with Rikert and Volcano Manor and torture in Rhea Lucaria, like the one guarding Renala, all right, fine, whatever, it's guarding here. But the other one seems like supervising an area where like labor would have been being done. It seemed like 
some type of guard, like in a prison or like a torture area. And that's not something you would normally associate with Ray Lucaria. That's something you would associate with Volcano Manor. But guess what? That particular abductor version, should it kill you with its grab attack? Now, this is one of the things I love about Elden Ring, because this is such a unique secret. If that abductor version at the bottom of Ray Lucaria kills you with its grab attack, where it pulls you into its chamber, it will teleport you to Volcano Manor. So to me, that feels like at the bottom of Renala's school, she had a glintstone mine where she would put unruly subordinates or those that opposed her. And if, you know, and if they stepped out of line down there, the abductor virgin sent them to Reichert. Yeah, no, I mean, it's safe to say for sure, because, I mean, I'm assuming that the Iron Virgin would be, that wouldn't be down there if, if that weren't the case. I mean, and that's her son. One of the themes that we've talked about many times already is the family dynamics at play, siblings having relationships with other siblings, parents, child, what have you. We know Ronaldo was very close with Ronnie. We don't know if Renala and Reichard were very close, but we know Ronnie and Reichard were very close just because they seem to have a lot of the same agendas. And if you look at the similarities between the types of enemies you find in Caria Manor, Volcano Manor, Ray Lucaria, I think it is safe to say that Reichard and Renala were probably very close at one point because he's also Reichard is also very close with Ronnie and Renala is very close with Ronnie. I've also always my head canon on the abductor virgins, and this is this isn't something I made up. I mean, I've seen this online, and this is just the head canon I ascribe to. But my head canon on the abductor virgins is that they were modeled after Renala. Okay, I could see that they have like yeah, very like both like regal kind of appearances. Because a lot of because some people say Tanith, but I don't. I don't know if that would be the case because I would wonder if they were invented before Tanith and Record would. I, I don't know when Tanith comes into Record's timeline, and I don't want to get too far off the topic of Renala. But I've always thought that I've always I've always thought that the abductor virgins were modeled after in likeness a likeness of Renala. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that's not true. I don't really know how important that is. But to, to me, in my head canon, that always just kind of supported the idea of her perhaps being a little bit more cruel and cold and calculating than we might realize. Because what seems to be, like I said, a slave mine, a glintstone slave mining camp at the bottom of the academy. It's a school. It's a school for crying out loud. And there is a there is a torture device, a sentient torture device watching over what seems to be a mining colony at the bottom of a school. I I just think something's up there. And I, I you know, and when, when she, when we also throw that in with the potential of the moon bewitching the Academy, I just think there's a lot of room for Renal to be more nefarious than we realize. I, I definitely see what you're saying. I, I definitely kind of believe that for myself as well, because not only is Renala possibly she has a kind of a cold and like uninviting side to her. But also I could definitely see the Academy itself also kind of sharing those, sharing those same attributes. Well, and that's the other thing. We already mentioned that the Academy predates Renala. Like Renala did not found the Academy. She, she came there. It was already an established place. 
she she rose through it and took it over and, and changed it in the process. But it was already there before her. And so I do wonder, like, was the Glintstone mine there? Because I, I, I'm almost certain that the, the abductor virgin was not there before Renala and the Karian family, because those seem very connected to Rikert. But like, was the Glintstone mine there before? And actually, just to throw another read out there, the other thing that could be is because Renala was trying to steer them away from Glintstone. And focus on the moons, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And so the only other thing I could think of is perhaps she left the abductor virgin down there to kill and or abduct anyone who tried to research the Glenstone. But there still are people down there mining it. I don't think there is anybody down there. I think I thought when you, I've, I'm almost positive it's just the abductor virgin. Everything else you find down there is a corpse. I, I might be wrong about that. But I thought from what I remember that down there, there's nothing but uh the abductor virgin. But either way, to me, either she left it down there to keep people down there or she left it down there to keep people out. And I don't think. An abductor version, like that's one of the more vicious ways you can deter someone in the lands between. The abductor versions are pretty gnarly and pretty vicious. So like her using an abductor version in that way, I think, again, just indicates to me that maybe she was a little bit colder than we realize. No, I I definitely have to agree with you. I was just going to say... I think another example of just kind of like how cruel in general the state of things are while Ronala is there is Tops. When you meet Tops, he's super friendly, he's very nice, um, which is kind of a rare thing in the lands between. And so, at least personally, it kind of inspired me to like help him out get him to where he wanted to go, which is the academy. But then when you find him again, he's dead. So that's just, I think that's just another example of just kind of the environment reflecting just how like cold and like unforgiving Renala possibly is. Yeah. Well, and I think you're also onto something like earlier when you mentioned some of the stuff at the academy, there's definitely more to the academy than we've talked about in this episode. Like, like I, I think that it's hard for me to tell how much of it's Renala being cold or malicious and how much of it's the Academy, because I don't think the Academy is innocent or like naturally good either. Like the Academy seems relatively sinister. I don't think the research being done before or after Renala was always being done in proper ways. Um, and I, I think the Academy is a very interesting part of this, which is why next week and the week after, we are going to talk about Rhea Lucaria, the, the leadership, the secrets, the history, uh, and the impact uh, politically in the lands between and all of those things, because there's there's a lot. I mean, there is so much that connects to uh, there's multiple dungeons that connect to Rhea Lucaria, whether from a literal sense or a lore sense. Uh, so many bosses between the the getting the key and all things of that nature, Renala herself. So, yeah, so we are going to have the next two weeks be episodes centered around Rhea Lucaria Academy and all of the interesting things that we can find out 
about the Academy and all of the secrets and the changes through the history of the lands between that the Academy has seen. Because there's been, it seems like there's been a lot. No, I mean, I remember when I was going through Ray Lucaria, there definitely seems to be a lot of history to kind of uncover there. So I'm personally kind of excited um, for this, these next few weeks, these next coming episodes, because we're going to have a lot to go over. There's going to be a lot of just kind of history, not only with, you know, the ties between Ranala and the Academy, but just like the Academy itself, you know, former masters, all of it. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that, um, for me, I think too that it'll be fun to get back to because a lot of the episodes lately have been about single characters. We've been doing a lot of we've we've done the Karian royal family. Now we just finished with this episode. We've done Melania and Mikola and, and Merica and things like that nature. But we haven't done you know an episode yet that's on a particular place or that's on a particular you know region. We haven't really touched any of that stuff yet. We've done the Night of the Black Knives, but other than that, like I said, it's been mostly characters. So getting to open up the scope a little bit and look at the Academy as a whole, I think is going to be really fun and exciting. I 100% wholeheartedly agree with you. Of course, if anybody has thoughts, especially this time, because this is going to be a two-parter. So if you have thoughts on Ray Lucaria... Academy or the anything of that nature, send them in because we have two weeks now where we're going to be talking about this topic. And so if you don't catch this the for, before the first episode, get your thoughts in before the second episode and we'll make sure we incorporate it. We'll respond to it if we, you know, if we get something that revolves around the topics or of course, things can also be sent in for future episodes and things of that nature. Where to do that, of course, is at the Elden Archives at gmail.com is the show email contact. And then the show is also on X at Elden Archives. So DMs can be sent there or you can follow there for episode posts, tweets that are about, you know, fun facts about armor, weapons, build stuff, whatever you might find. I am also on Twitter at Elden Spartan. Uh, I know, Gatsu, you are on Twitter. Uh, what is your handle? My handle is Gatsu995. And of course, we are also part of the Robots Radio Discord. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is a part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, which means that we are on the Discord. We have a channel for the show specifically, and then we are both obviously on the Discord and in the community individually. So if you want to jump in that Discord and you want to get a hold of us somehow, or if you want to talk about Elden Ring in the chat, that is where to do it there. And you can jump on the Discord for that. With that, we will be back next week with part one of our episode on the secrets of Ray Lucaria Academy. And of course, we will see you all at the foot of the earth tree. Hello, Vault Dwellers. Join me, Jax's sassy lady Romer, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter, or X, or whatever you want to call it, using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using falloutrtd at gmail.com. 
Join us, the conversation has already started.